Hello, welcome to Spoonfed, the adult's guide to shit you can watch with your kids. I am your host, Desi Cruz. Um, well, today, what are we going to be talking about? First of all, I definitely feel like I'm going into a jazzy lower voice <laughs> when I'm talking into the mic because I'm trying not to yell. So, where's my normal speaking voice? Somewhere around here. Alright, um, so we are going to start off this week with something that I recently showed my kids because they're obsessed with it and talking about it all the time so obviously it's like just very fresh on my mind um i recently showed them Fan the phantom of the opera so it is pg-13 came out in 2004 stars emmy rossum gerard butler mini driver simon callow just a bunch of people um i'm trying to think of people i feel like gerard butler is pretty well known emmy rossum a lot of people probably know from oh god what is it called shameless because something she did later on Simon Callow is feel like is someone that I know just because, yeah, he's a um, he's a British actor. He was in Four Weddings and a Funeral. He had a bit part in Outlander. He's kind of like, if you saw him, you know who he is. Uh, same with Kieran Hines, who plays one of the Manders. Either way, I could, most people who know me know I'm a movie database. I could go through all of the actors in this movie and tell you exactly where you have seen all of them because that is where that's just how my brain works. <laughs> I've been I've been looking this shit up since I was. Um, when was internet made <laughs> then? When was internet made? When were my fingers big enough to type? Um, so, yeah, I watched it with my kids recently, and I wanted to go over it because I think there's... Well, let's, let's at least go over why it's probably entertaining for the adults, which is if you're a millennial parent or adult like me, um, this, it came out... I would say sometime in our, our childhoods, at least the, uh, um, this came out when I was 13. And I know a lot of people my age were like middle school and high school that love this movie. And it could be a favorite of yours too, if you're a fan of musicals. Um, and yes, yeah, so there's a lot of nostalgia around it for me. I mean, I'm pretty sure I went to go see this thing at the dollar theater at least like three times. And Gerard Butler was oh so hunky. And now as a queer adult realizing I probably had a little bit of a thing for Emmy Rossum too. Wink. Uh, though let's be real honest, Madame Giri, the, <laughs> the older ballet lady, but maybe that's just me. So yeah, so it's, you know, if you're coming from my perspective, there's the nostalgia aspect for wanting to watch it again. It's got good music, really good performances. Um, Review-wise, it wasn't reviewed the greatest by critics, but I think that had more to do with the actual musical itself when I was reading up on it, where it was like, wasn't necessarily the performances it was just as a story they were like oh it's really cheesy and like musical and it's like um why do you think i'm watching it <laughs> excuse me um and why i would say though that so yeah that's that's why i think it'd be entertaining to watch as an adult because it's just it's also i feel you know let me let me just ignore like the other critics a very pretty movie i i think it's well shot i think it's well paced i've definitely seen movie musicals that don't live up to the original musical or aren't nearly as well done i thought this really used the medium well gerard butler's voice could have been better but honestly i liked how it was interpreted and then again you know this is, i've i don't think i've oh no i have listened to the original broadcast broadway recording but yeah it's just i love this movie and so i'm just like I still like his voice, um, even though it's much more like rock oriented versus like operatically or like musically theater trained. So that's at least for the adults. 
And I would say for the kids, I, you know, I, this is one of those things that honestly I showed my kids because I know that they like music and they've, you know, now me being their parent, I've seen a good amount of musicals. So they've gotten like used to it. But why I've always veered towards showing the musicals is that uh, there are studies shown about kids responding well to music. Like it helps them learn. It helps them process like a, a, I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. Story time. So when Lucky was one, I was pregnant with Iggy. Like literally, I want to say it was a month after their first birthday. I found out I was pregnant. Okay. So off my meds. But this is, this is all just a justification in going into uh, why my one-year-old watched Daniel Tiger religiously <laughs> from year one to two. So Daniel Tiger has these little songs in it that are really easy to remember and pick up. And the one thing that sticks out to me is one song in particular, because overall I would hear Lucky sing these songs, but there was one and they were like one and a half and I have it on a video where it's, um, in some ways we are different but in so many ways, we are the same. And I bring that up because, first of all, I don't think I've watched Daniel Tiger in years. Let's say five. Let's be generous and say it's been five years. Um, but a lot of the little songs have stuck in my head, as well as particularly that one, because I have on video Lucky singing that when they were like 18 months old. Which, and even though it was like different in so many ways, you know, wasn't totally like correct, but something that the music and the words together has always just like really clicked with them. And this isn't necessarily true of, of all kids. I bet there's plenty of kids who watched Neil Tiger that they didn't, but there is something about music that just like further illustrates, again, my personal experience of seeing music just worm its way into a kid's head, into even our heads in a way that not having it doesn't, you know, it's like it, it helps it stick better. It helps it access I, I from and I, I guess in my reading too I've done this like it helps access a different part of your brain so it just it sticks all together a lot better and I've just seen that across the board with with my kids whether it's Daniel Tiger whether it's musical whether it's little sing-songy rhyme things in class it just sticks a lot better when there's music involved and maybe this is where I need to stop and pull up an article or something but it can back me up just go honestly Google. Google music and kids and like across the board it's going to tell you like this is a good way for them to learn. Because of the sung through musical they just were like kind of enraptured by it. And the honestly this is very much a personal takeaway. One of the things that surprised me the most though was uh, my younger child Iggy who is six actually cried during the, the movie. Not like full on sobbed or anything. Like not like you know, was truly upset, but there's a couple parts in the movie where the phantom cries because he's upset or he feels betrayed or just lonely. I mean, because he's got a lot of feelings. And, and Iggy just started, like, little tears coming out, and he was kind of, I feel, like, confused by it because he went, like, oh, it just, this is making me cry. <laughs> and I just, I just, like, saw his little hands, like, trying to, like, rub his eyes because it was, like, what are these little tears coming out? I'm not super upset, but bleh. So that was my, my personal experience with it. And then, uh, than Lucky just really loving the songs, but okay. So apart from my personal experience, why would this be good, I guess, to watch with kids other than just being entertaining is I think it brings up a lot of, well, 
let me tell you the first and foremost one, which I actually think is important for kids' safety. Grooming. <laughs> um, so the fandom, for people who aren't familiar with the movie, the main character, Christine, is an orphan. She is brought to the ballet. She, she goes on this, like, in the first song, or th- this is explained like, towards the beginning of the movie, is that her dad died when she was, like, seven. Madame Giry, the head of, like, the ballet dorms, she brings Christine to li- um, live there and to train. And from a young age, once she gets there, and this is explained in the first song, is that her father had always told her that there'd be like an angel of music to guide her and so when she gets to the opera house she starts hearing this voice there's this person that she never sees that starts talking to her um and it tends to be when she's like praying with her dad like lights lighting a candle for him like little altar space and he starts to train her how to sing and train her in music and that's how you know she ends up being like this amazing soprano and she's being trained by this unseen phantom this this ain't what she calls her angel of music and then so which we then realize is the phantom of the opera it's the opera ghost and you know she sings her first whatever her first like aria like her debut as a soprano and that's when the phantom finally reveals himself to her and like takes her down into the iconic phantom of the opera song i feel like anyone's heard a song from phantom of the opera it is that song um it's a very classic like yeah iconic so i say all that all that background again for those who haven't seen it is that the phantom's in love with her and he like just wants all of her he's like this you know and whatever so without getting into the details of his past or whatever there too much here's like the basic thing that we're seeing it's a young girl tutored by this older man for a long period of time and when she gets to the correct age which in this case i didn't catch this when i watched it as a kid she's supposed to be 16 <laughs> at this time um i think maybe in the broadway version it's closer to 18 but either way she is a teenager and this guy was at least a young adult when he met her when she was seven um and it went from just tutoring to then being obsessed in love with her and then it's like and then once she debuts and is a woman, he's like, now come to my lair and be my bride. Because <laughs> there is straight up a mannequin down in that dungeon that is fully in her likeness. And I actually had to take a minute to stop and explain to the kids. I'm like, this is something called grooming. Um, and having to explain, like, imagine, um, and I, had to, I didn't necessarily want to say like us, because it could be parents, which is gross. Um... But I was like, let's say this person who babysits you regularly that you know and, like, you love. And you, you know, call him, like, uncle. Um, what if, uh, you know, it's like they babysit you all the time. You love them. They're your uncle. They teach you. They guide you. And then somewhere around the time that you start, like, getting older, you start either, like, you get into high school, all of a sudden it turns from, like, parental to kind of romantic and basically they use your trust and your innocence and your naivety because this is an adult who has been an adult this whole time and knows themselves whereas and and i'm so glad that actually my kids know this because it's something if there's something that my ex and i are on the same page about there, there are a lot of things but she, apparently she had told them that it's like your brain isn't been for like fully developed till you're 25 so that's actually something we both have told them that like you know yes 
not that you can't be an adult make decisions then, but just do know <laughs> up until then your brain is still forming. So with that in mind, I was like, at least I think Lucky was getting this, my oldest, where it's like, here's this person who's been a fully formed adult for multiple years. And here they are knowing that you are not a fully formed adult and they're asking you to do these things. I thought, okay, like, even if you might feel quote unquote, the same back, that's the taking advantage of your trust and your love. And I think that's important as hell because it's one of those things that knowledge is power. And not that I would ever want to take away my kid's innocence, but I think it, it is our job is like as adults in a kid's life and as, as parents to prepare them for the real world, not in like some hard knocks, like I had it hard and you're going to have it hard, but just being, having frank conversations saying like this can happen and to be aware of it if you do ever find that there is someone you know who is doing this to either to you or a friend tell someone because it's not okay and i don't think that's conversations of course you just have once and it's one and done like again if you're a parent of a young child you know you had to say it like a million times <laughs> for them to listen <laughs> like if i had a nickel for every time that i've had to tell my kids not to hit each other or not to do this thing or not to do that thing I would be possibly, I would probably have more money than there is in the world, like available. Richer than your richest billionaire. <laughs> like the amount of times I've had to like hammer in the same lesson over and over again until finally one day it's like, oh my God, you have, you've actually finally stopped doing that thing that I've told you not to do. Now you're doing new things. So anyways, so I think it's actually a really important thing that can be taken away from that off the bat as like a, hey, here's a little safety lesson <laughs> for you kids. Like this is a fun movie, but let's also recognize this because I think it actually does super feed into the movie of why she's so freaking confused because she's like in love with this other guy who is actually of an appropriate age that she knew as a kid. And they're like, he's like maybe a year or two older than her, but either way they were childhood sweethearts, like much more on the same level, much more appropriate. Um, who she legitimately has feelings for but then she has this like magnetic draw to the phantom that she like doesn't matter how much she loves the other guy she can't help be drawn to him and have this connection with him which if you take away the age factor and like the grooming factor like oh cute but you kind of can't <laughs> and i feel it's i mean because she does associate him as a father figure but also as like a romantic thing and also she's becoming a it's it's just too much and so um I very much, I think, having that conversation early on with the kids and explaining, like, this is why her mind is so warped about this, because their relationship is warped. He's taken advantage of this orphan girl who lost a father, replaced her father figure, and is now asking to be a lover. Like, that's not okay. <laughs> so, anyways, um, not to, like, shit on the Phantom Parade, because I'm still, of course, I'm like, oh my god, Dred Butler's so hot. <laughs> hey, daddy. Um... No, scratch that. <laughs> don't, wrong. Don't tell your kids that part. Um, but, <laughs> um, so apart from that, though, I do think there's also, I, I think there's also good conversations for like, what is good and evil and how do people become these things? Because let's look at the Phantom. He has not been given affection pretty much his entire life. He has been rejected and starved of affection and the only type of attention he's gotten has been abuse so 
through a combination of an abuse, extreme neglect, and then isolation because, I mean, yes, Madame Jury ultimately, and again, I'm like ruining the whole movie, but I assume like, listen, this, <laughs> listen, y'all, let's, let's, let's just put it this way. This musical, first of all, the story of the Phantom of the Opera has been around since the early 1900s, and there have been movies of it since then, plus <laughs> there's been the musical came out in the 80s. So at this point, I'm just going to assume, I'm not going to do spoiler alerts, I'm not going to assume everyone's seen it, but I'm, I'm not going to feel bad about telling you the whole movie. But ultimately we find out that the Phantom, yeah, he's been, so Madame Jury, you know, saves him from this like circus act after he, in a rage, like as a kid, kills this guy who was abusing him. And she hides him in the opera house, in the like labyrinth under the Paris Opera House. And so he lives there, which is like good. You know, good for him. He's, you know, not being abused anymore, but he's not really having contact with anybody. I mean, I think he, it's, they don't totally show the relationship between him and Madame Giry other than just, you know, I think he just kind of lived down there and she would make sure he had food sometimes and he seemed to act pretty independently of her. So, either way, he is abused, he's neglected, and then he's in isolation, which has been shown, at least like if we're just taking those things separately, are incredibly traumatic. And altogether must be even more so, um, especially the isolation stuff, which I don't think people get because I've definitely read things about solitary confinement being just fucking cruel and usual punishment when it comes to in the prison system because it just makes your being isolated for. A, I think even I think they've shown even like a couple of days being in isolation having traumatic an effect on your brain, like even that short amount of time can be bad. Um, or at least where it's like forced or something, because I know people just like a couple days alone. But yeah, if it's if it's forced and sustained, you're truly, truly isolated, like where you cannot, like you're just in a room by yourself. I mean, granted, probably more than that. Anyways, I'm I'm using. Um, so with all of that, fucked in the head, one hundred percent, fucked six ways till Sunday in the brainscape. <laughs> like, is not of sound mind himself, doing his best <laughs> to stay entertained with little theater magic tricks. And so, I mean, could be, so like, is he evil? You know, his actions, sure, like, could be seen as that. But at the same time, like, it, or his actions for sure, because he, he murders a couple of people. Like, bad, you don't do that, <laughs> of course. But also, but on the other hand, or and, even but, and he is a severely neglected and unloved individual who you see multiple times is just actually looking for love and affection and attention and trying to protect himself because I mean at the end of the movie he ends up letting Christine go because she kisses him like he's he is full-on ready to be like I'm gonna make you my wife I'm gonna kill your boyfriend if you don't become my wife fuck all y'all <laughs> like burning this place to the ground I won't t talk to any of you again like he's just totally living his villain arc and then she just goes over and it's like you know in the song she's got give me courage to show you that you're not alone goes over and kisses him and I think this is explained in a book or whatever they don't necessarily explain it directly in the movie other than just through a great performance where it's like but I from what I've read at least on Wikipedia that's the first time he's ever been kissed or like shown affection or anything or even being touched or I guess he does say in a song earlier in the movie but um where he says like even a mother's touch I didn't have that because she immediately rejected him so he's barely been touched let alone like kissed and shown a truly an act of love and in that moment he realized like 
oh, yeah, I can't do this. Like, I actually do really care about her and I love her and I can't do this to her. And then so he let you just, and with that, he lets him go. And I think in that moment, you really see, like, he's not truly an evil individual. He's just very, very sad. And I think that's an important thing for kids to see, too. Because, like, talk where you see things black and white or this or that, that it's, like, there's a lot of gray there. Because, ultimately, like, you're, it's the nature versus nurture thing, you know? I mean, there's, and I, I think we all know there's a bit of both. Like, sure, you can have a sweet nature, but... Man, if you're beaten enough times, or if you're shown only hate or only these things, we like we all adapt differently. So yeah, so talk about a really just <laughs> conversation points. There's a lot of good conversation points for this movie that you can get into with your kids. And it has good music. <laughs> like, and if not that, they're gonna be, you know, practicing the songs and singing them all over your house. And talking about, oh my god, I think the cutest thing. I mean, first of all, I, I love actually hearing Lucky try to sing all the songs. Cause I love hearing the little voice and hearing it develop and it just makes me the clint. But also he keeps referring to the masquerade part as the mask parade. And I, I don't even know how to correct him because it's like, you're not wrong. Like I think that's cause it like, what is a masquerade if not a mask parade? <laughs> so I'm just like, yeah, that scene is dope. That is like, you want to talk about a beautifully choreographed scene, just like a pleasure to watch. Every time it's just like, ugh, those queers turning it up with them fans. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, so highly recommend, especially if you're a musical theater lover, especially if you have, you watch this yourself when you're young, I absolutely think it is a way to totally talk and bring up these different subjects with your kids. As far as age range appropriateness, I think that as far as the talking aspects, um, ooh, I will say, I need to like put this in here somewhere. They're the one questionable scene that I'd be like, you might want to cover their eyes is when uh, the Phantom, and I should have like done a minute marker for this and maybe I'll like include it in the show notes. There is a part in the movie where a character gets hung, like hanged. Um, that's graphic in the sense of you just see him like flop down all of a sudden, like twitch and then fall. There's another point where you do see someone who's like, quote unquote dead like they, they are dead but you don't see him get stabbed or anything you just see someone crying over him so i feel like that's less jarring but yeah that the sudden quickness of the hang that might be like a moment where you're like look over there <laughs> like don't look right at the screen um there's a build-up to it though because you see him chasing the guy around like there's a lot of like you know it's kind of what's about to happen so i think if you're watching it with your kid you could be like you can know when to be like okay i gotta sit and it's about halfway through the movie. It's, um, yeah, it's honestly like about like 10 minutes before the intermission. Anyways. So yeah, first talking points, as I said, my, I have a six and an eight year old. So I'd say like six and up where you could, you know, I think it is appropriate for most ages. I do not know if it'll hold the attention for a kid two or less. I think it could though, because I do have memories of Lucky and Iggy watching Beauty and the Beast and being when they were like younger, when they were like three and one, and generally just liking all the music and all the prettiness. And I'd say that Phantom is on that same level. So I could see it being entertaining for kids and that, and for the younger kids in that extent, where it's just, it's visually striking. And then as far as the conversations, I mean, 
obviously as they get like older that's where you can maybe go deeper into the stuff but yeah i think ultimately it's it's pretty good it's just uh watch out for the part where the guy gets hung and make sure they're kind of averting their eyes but yeah because even then it's not like super great it really is just a good a second but yeah so i think that's i think that's all she wrote for today yeah, if you want to contact me, um, you can. My Instagram is mercurial mercurial fish, and if um, honestly the best the better way would be to send me an email at spoonfedpodcast at gmail That is spoonfedpodcast at gmail Yeah, if you have any um, suggestions or movies that you loved or TV or or whatever that you'd like to, I don't know, hear talked about and <laughs> about how we can. Um, for review or hike and watch with your kids or whatever uh yeah feel free to send that in otherwise i am signing off see y'all next time